well, hey, our vision here at Convergence is that we exist to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and love. It's who we are. And uh, I just want to say, too, just if you're a guest here, my name's Andrew Fish, my wife Emily, my beautiful wife Emily, and my daughter Adeline are here as well. We're just so honored to be pastors here at Convergence. Um, I heard also just that women's retreat was amazing. Come on. Um, and so I just, I just, I woke up this morning and I just, I feel like I have to share this because I think sometimes even in the church, there can be this weariness that we wake up with. Anybody? No, is that just me? That's fine. Okay. And I woke up this morning and it was one of those Sundays that I knew was going to be a lot. And I was like, it's been a busy week. I've been working really hard this week. And I woke up and I just felt the Lord encourage me with this statement. It's an honor to be alive right now. I think sometimes we can get so caught up in what's happening, caught up in our own thing, and we get caught up in it, and I just felt the pleasure of the Lord this morning, that what an honor it is to live right now. What an honor that it is to be alive, to walk in, these hour, in, in this hour that we walk in. Even if we're faced with the things that we're faced with, what a privilege to be alive, to encounter Jesus, to see a city transform. Come on, it's an honor to be in the room this morning. It's an honor to be breathing this morning. It's an honor to get to gather freely here in the United States of America this morning. It's a privilege. And if we wake up with that reality, then we're immediately walking with the reality of the gratefulness and overflowing with thanksgiving for our God. All right, that's extra. So listen, this is who we are. Our values here at Convergence, we have 10 values. Presence, communication, generosity, authenticity, honor, health, empowerment, excellence, accountability, and celebration. Woo, woo. Come on. This is my section right here. Every week. Come on. I love it. All right, so hey, encounter Jesus, transform cities. We talk about this a lot as a church. This is the reality. That every time that we gather, it doesn't matter when it is, if it's Monday, Tuesday, if it's in groups, if it's a men's meeting, women's meeting, youth group, if it's with the kids, if it's in this building on a Sunday, if it's on Thursday for house of prayer, there is one pursuit that you are walking into this morning, and it's Jesus. We could stop there, and this would be a good vision Sunday. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of extras and there's a lot of good things that we do, but every single thing has to point back to him. It's not about just doing programs. It's not about just having things that we do. It's not about doing more. It's about being. It's about abiding, and it's about King Jesus still being on the throne, and we're going to encounter him every day of our life, both in this room corporately, but also individually my desire is not that you rely so much on a Sunday morning gathering. It's that you're so full and you're so on fire that you wake up Monday morning and you're like, worthy is the 
your heart burns fresh for more fire of God. Because this room is contagious with it. It's the testimony that we hear more often than anything else. I love all testimonies. But there's one testimony that I hear more than anything else. And it's, I walked into the foyer and I felt the presence of God. We heard it over and over and over and over again when we did this weekend gathering that we did with three to four hundred people packed in this room and we got testimonies from midland texas from los angeles people that walked into this room see we get used to it which is okay but there's also more so don't get too comfortable but we get used to the culture that we create here and then people come from all backgrounds all denominations all different church, church things and different backgrounds. And they walk into the foyer. And I literally had one lady. And she was like, I walked into the sanctuary and I just began to weep. Not because there's good preaching. Not because the worship team sounds good. Not because there's chairs in a room. Not because there's paint on the walls. Not because of anything that we do, but because there is an atmosphere and an environment that has been stewarded of the presence of God. And it's the most rich thing that you could be after when it comes to vision. There's a lot of initiatives that we're going to announce, but at the end of the day, every single thing that we do is that one pursuit. It's his presence above everything. And I will give my life for it. And as a pastor, I will humbly say that we will do whatever it takes to maintain that one thing. We burn for the church to flourish in discipleship, the leadership of Jesus, worship, and being marked by him. And we desire to see the generations discipled into family. How cool is it to even hear that, that testimony from the Freemans, and just the way that we walk as a house with all of the generations together. I love watching kids worship. It's probably one of my favorite things. I love watching my daughter Adeline worship. I love seeing the twins over here. I love seeing, yeah, <laughs> I love seeing kids worship and encounter God. But you know what? I also love seeing all of the generations together worshiping. How beautiful is that? You know what that looks like? Heaven. It looks like heaven. Heaven's not caught up in, oh, hold on, little kids, let's not worship. No, heaven's like, let's all sing holy until he comes. All right, I got to keep moving. I'm really getting preachy. All right, encounter over performance, presence over presentation, and intimacy over influence. I've talked about this a lot if you've been here for any length of time. We're not just performing up here. We're not just performing. If we're performing, shut it all down. I have no desire to do that. This is about encounter with Jesus. Presence over presentation. We, we do our best to do things excellently, but at the end of the day, it's about his presence. Intimacy, intimacy over influence. What does that mean? It means that I am not after more Instagram followers. I do not care how many views I have on YouTube. What I care about is intimacy with him. 
Because at the end of the day, there is nothing else that matters. When the end comes, it's going to be, were you faithful? Were you faithful? The name convergence signifies that worshipers of Jesus are coming together as one and declares the merging together of the spirit and the word, the king with his bride, heaven with earth. Did you know that a church needs to be about both the spirit and the word? I think there's, sometimes there's these camps that we put ourselves in. We're like, oh, that's the Bible church. Oh, that's the weird charismatic church over here where they're all jumping around and everything's. And it's like you have to pick one. You're either the Holy Spirit church or you're the word church. Why can't you be both? Everything that we do, every encounter, every manifestation of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, everything is backed up by this. Everything. Everything that we do, it's the Word and the Spirit together. And so this is who we are as a house. We are called to be out of the ordinary, to create earthquakes that shake up religion. Come on, don't get too comfortable, we're going to shake it up. All right, there's a few words that I want to run through. David Wagner said we are an Antioch church, ascending church, and a church that carries massive influence. God has called convergence to be a fortress for families. What if part of the calling of convergence is to prepare the bride for the return of Jesus? What an honor that is. Dan McCollum said, be the convergence of prophetically gathering what is in our past, prophetically thinking what is in our present, and prophetically calling in what is in our future. He also said the generations working together. There's a call on this house for the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all together. We have a call for the generations to work together. And there's a double portion, Elijah to Elisha. Second Kings. Every member at Convergence is a minister. Say this to the person next to you. I'm a minister. We seek to empower every man, woman, and child to be activated in the ministry God has called them to. This is not a one-man gig. This is, not about Andrew, this is not the Andrew Fish show. Okay? I have no desire for that to be the case. I want every single one of us to understand that you are a priest. Oh, that's another sermon. Next week. Graham Cook, the whole point of leadership is the house of God is to empower people to have encounters with the living God every week. Our gatherings should be places of incredible encounter with the living God, not just with someone's anointing. That's the point. All right, build boldly. How many of you were here January of this year when we talked about this? Wow, it's so cool to see so many new faces. I love that. So Build Boldly was the uh, vision initiative that we launched in January of 2022. And I want to show you guys something that I think is really cool. How did we build boldly in 2022? If you can't see this, don't worry. I'm going to read it. Uh, marriage equipping through re-engage. How many went through re-engage? Yeah, come on. It was really, really amazing. We had quite a few couples go through re-engage. We launched a new podcast called Convergence Conversations. Uh, prophetic training on Wednesday nights. Come on. 
Yeah, more to come on that in just a little bit. We transitioned the senior pastor role on June 12th. That was a really big build boldly. Just even the, the transition that we went through, my parents being here, just so honor and love them. Uh, Jesus Nights. How many went to a Jesus Night? Yeah, we're going to have more on that too. That was so, so cool. Worship in the city. So we did our two biggest worship in the cities for us as a house in terms of our investment this, this year. And just what the Lord did is wild. Uh, we started an 11 to 1 p.m. house of prayer set. Come on. That's amazing. House of prayer is amazing. And we poured into the neighborhood. We really, really invested in the neighborhood. All right. What are we building? We are building a church all about encountering the presence of Jesus through the Spirit and the Word. A church empowered by the Holy Spirit to boldly walk in the gifts of the Spirit. A church that values the prophetic and apostolic together. A worshiping church and a church that transforms cities. And so, really quickly, I just want to read this off. Build... Build Boldly is about, it's from Acts 9.31, and the passage says this, So the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed peace as it was being built up and as it continued in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it kept increasing. I want you to see two things. I want you to see that the church increased because of the fear of the Lord and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. That's why it increased. And so I just want to say this, like, the Lord is raising up places where the focus is him and his presence. He doesn't rest on a place because there's good worship, flashy lights, solid communication, but because people are present that are pursuing him together. Amen. And so as we build boldly, we are being built up in the fear of the Lord and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. This is what church is. So as we prayed this year, we had our, our, our elders pray, we had our executive team and our staff, and as we came together, there was a very clear confirmation that we are not done building. We were praying about it, you know, I was like, Lord, what's, you know, what's the new cool word for the year, you know, anybody, is that just me? I'm like, come on, Lord, like, what's the fresh, you know, what's the fresh thing, you know? And I found myself beginning to make an idol out of vision words. And the Lord convicted me on it. He was like, Andrew, why are you searching for the new word? What if I want you guys to continue to build boldly in 2023? So we are continuing to build boldly. We are even adding expansion into that. I feel like it's build boldly expansion. We're expanding. And so as I share this, this last portion, we're going to, this is not just going to be about me. I want to invite some of our team up. So if I could go ahead and have Jason and Kim, if you guys could come. We're going to talk about family ministries really, really, really quickly. But I want to read this really quickly. Because I feel like this is really important. And I just want you to listen to this. Convergence is a people that pursue the presence of Jesus a people that rise above the noise of culture, a people that stand for his righteousness, a people that walk in the fullness of the gospel, 
a people empowered to be ministers by the Holy Spirit, a people that walk in the gifts of the Spirit, a people that prophesy, a people that know they are sent, a people that love those around them, a people that are willing to stand for the truth of God's word, a people that run together in the context of spiritual family, a people that disciple the generations, young and old, into greater intimacy and purpose, a people that call the bride to join together in unity, a people that know they belong, a people that hate evil but cling to what is good, and a people that know their identity as sons and daughters. Convergence is a people that encounter Jesus and transform cities together everywhere we go. Oh, is anybody else excited? Man, and here's the deal. As as we do this, I'm going to go ahead and see if I can do this myself here. Um, As we sit down and as we do this, I want one thing to be very, very, very clear in everything that we do. We do it together. We do it together. We're running together. That whole list that I ran off, that's not about just leadership. It's not about just staff. It's not about being called a pastor. It is about the fact that you are all ministers. Every joint supplies, as Paul says in Ephesians. And so whatever we do vision-wise, we go together. We run together. What does that mean? It means if you're sitting in this room this morning and you're part of this house, everything that we're talking about, even if you're not actively participating in it, it is part of you because we go together. We are running together. Amen? All right. Well, while I get this table down, um, Jason and Kim, so great. Can we just honor them again? Yeah. Yeah. So I would love for you guys to just briefly talk about what, what, is, what, what are we doing at Convergence in the realm of family ministries? Um, I wanted to start off with talking about what is family and then what is family ministry. And because um, I think when we hear the term family, a lot of us can, if we base it on our history, right? And not everybody has a, a history that's encouraging when it comes to family, um, it, can, it can be a, a hot-button topic, right? And so we're talking about it in the context of how does God define family. And, um, and so just in looking at that, it's really about a place of trust, a place of intimacy, a place of support. Um, it's a place of connection. And so um, hopefully that does happen within um, the family that you grew up in, the family you have now, the people that live under the same roof with you. Um, but certainly we want it to happen within the context of the family that we have here, right? And, and so, um, so when we talk about family ministry, what we're talking about is learning to, to walk well, learning to, to fellowship well, to connect well in these relationships where we have this intimacy, where we have this trust and the support, um, and, and learning how, we, how it is we walk out those relationships um, creating environments and, and spaces for us to to process that well and, and to, to learn and to grow. And, and Andrew, as you were talking earlier and just about, you know, it's all about encounter with Jesus. And, and, and even in family ministry, because family ministry can be very horizontal focused, right? And, and not very vertical focused. But if you don't have the vertical fo- focus within your horizontal relationships, then I, I would say you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Um, because these relationships 
we do them as we abide in Christ, and we do them also unto the Lord, right? It says you can't, you can't say that you love me and you don't love your brothers and sisters. You know, as we look to the Father, like, it's just like if, you know, if Levi was like, hey, Dad, I really love you. Can't stand Seth. <laughs> right? I mean, that's not going to work so good. I'm, I'm going to, um, I don't think you can do that. You know, because I love Seth, you know, and I love Levi. And, and to see that relationship prosper and to grow and to see them love each other, that is loving me. That is, that is the way we love as we love each other. That's how we can love the Father in, in a deep and, and intimate way. And so, so how are we doing that, right? <laughs> I'm getting preachy too, right? Um, how are we doing that? I, I would say in many ways we're doing that on a very organic personal level. That's the way I have seen us build so boldly this year is I've seen, and I'm just looking around the room and I'm like, wow. When I look and I see, and I, because I know a lot of the, the courageous conversations that many have ha- had here in this room. I know, I know that the challenges that you face in your relationships, parental relationships and, and um, brotherly relationships and all the different relationships that, that we have. And I look around the room and I'm like, wow, great job. Great job, guys. You have built boldly in the area of family ministry. And, and um, yeah, for sure, we definitely have, do you have something you want to say? So it happens, it does happen organically because we have, we have a culture to support that. Okay, and what I what we recognize is in our culture, in our American culture, there is no longer any innate structure or support for healthy families and healthy relationships. Like what used to be, just because our history has was built on Christian, the the Bible and Christian uh, living, it's not that way anymore. And so so. We have to be actually intentional and, and, cre- and keep building structure and keep building a, a culture that will foster, that people can grow in, and it will cultivate healthy relationships. So that's why we have structured ministry. And so, um, but we have all the different kinds. It's like, it's so good because we do it, like you want to you wanna know how to do it intergenerationally, like where, where we have all the age groups relating together in certain, like, like we do on a Sunday morning. Um, that's why we have different small groups that are generational. But then it's also important to have the, the focused same season of life or same age, you know, where you can learn from each other different ways. So you got to have both so you yeah. can say what they all are. Well, and I was going to say, and, and we don't do those as what we've began to term as silo ministries, right? We don't have children's ministry as this independent ministry over here. Youth is doing its own thing. We are convergence. We have convergence kids. We have convergence student ministries. We are a unified, it's a unified effort, right? Um, But it is important for us to grow in in those specific areas. So yeah, marriage has been a big one um, this year where um, we've we've got a structure and, and Bob and Michelle Wardlaw have... Yeah, they have, they have done a great job leading re-engage, and, and um, we've had two great uh, sessions, a pilot group and then, a, and then a, an open session that we did, and um, um, 
about, yeah, about 30 couples have gone through that all together. And so that's very, very much building boldly. We're going to continue it on into, into 2023. Um, Parenting, I'd say, is one of those things that we've done a lot organically. We also went into uh, youth, Kim and I did, and, and taught on relationships um, once a month for a couple different seasons, and, and it was, um, that's been really powerful. I'm, I'm telling you guys, our, our youth are phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. They were asking questions that blew me out of the water. It was, it was awesome. Uh, men's ministry, Craig, um, leading men's ministry. Um, we meet on Monday, first Mondays, and that's been great. Um, that's going to continue to grow. Women's ministry, do you want to share? I mean, it, it goes without saying because we just had this amazing women's that's retreat. <laughs> so we have been doing that monthly. Thank you, Paige, for all that you've headed up with about that. And it's, been, it's growing, and it's going great. Yeah. And along with that, we have Titus 2 and the Convergence ladies that meet. Um, I mean, women's ministry, if you're a woman, then you're a part of that ministry, right? So um, it's, that is going great. Um, our singles and young adults have been, have been meeting. We've got a young adults group that's been meeting on Thursday nights. And um, uh, so that's, that's amazing. Um, again, CSM and Wesley is going to be back in town. We're so great. I want to say Seth has done a great job. Um, just just heading that up and and Nikki as well just in while Wesley's been gone we're so glad though to have Wesley back it's going to be great um and um uh, is there anything else you wanted to share just in general I was going to have I was going to go ahead and have Abigail come on up <laughs> Abigail Abigail has joined the team as the children's pastor oh, yeah. And, and we just want her to share her heart. When, when we were interviewing her, when we've had different conversations, I'm just like blown away. Like she drops these bombs that you're just like, what? So anyway, I just want her to share her heart for children's ministry for just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm Abigail Chase. I'm the children's pastor. Um, and yeah, I first just want to honor um, Regina and Regina. Is she in here? No? Okay. Well, I want to honor Regina and Kim and Jason and Pastor Andrew and Emily and Steve and Marcy. Um, yeah, I really feel like coming in here that I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. Like, you guys have redefined what it looks like to value and disciple children, and it is an honor to get to partner with y'all to um, disciple your kids and our kids um, to encounter Jesus and transform lives, you know? Um, yeah, so... So a little bit about me, I grew up in a pastor's kid. I've known the Lord my whole life. My parents raised us to value um, the presence. And I mean, I remember walking and talking with Jesus in my backyard at five years old. Like he, he was there and he was real. And so seeing kids walk in the presence of the Lord is part of who I am. It's part of my DNA. DNA. So really the, the um, vision for Convergence Kids is to see kids walk and encounter Jesus and his truth and his spirit and then to transform cities. It's the same. There's no, there's no difference between here or there. Um, Jesus says in John 24 that he is looking for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the world does not stop teaching our children lies because of their age. So convergence as a church will not stop preaching truth because of their age. Um, I desire to see kids so saturated 
in God's truth and know his truth so well that they laugh in the face of a lie. That the word of God is so active inside of them that anything outside of that truth, that that truth appears completely foolish to them. Um, so yeah, I think it's so important that kids know the truth and not just, not this watered down version of the gospel. Children are whole people. They are complete persons and they deserve and were created to know the whole truth, the complete truth of the Lord. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think it's important to raise kids knowing that you are a whole person. You can know God's truth. You have a complete capability to know his truth. So, yeah, so convergence, we want kids to encounter God's presence and to, and to know his truth. And, um, yeah, encountering God's presence is so incredibly important. Um, I think that there can often be the stigma in the church where we see, you know, we're like, oh, the, the, same, the same presence that resides here resides, you know, in the, there's no junior Holy Spirit. But then oftentimes we can view kids as less capable of experiencing that presence. And so, but convergence, like we believe that kids are just as capable to experience the presence of God as any other person at all, because they are people. And so they're just as much people as we are. Um, and so they are just as capable. If anything, they're more capable. I mean, Jesus says that unless you come to me like a child, turn and come to me like a child, then you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So children have this um, unique ability, this purity that resides in them that actually enables them to experience Jesus completely untainted. And so I also just wanted to mention, I mean, kids will do what they believe they can do. When I was a kid, I believed so fervently that I could fly that I literally spent hours jumping out of trees and off my roof because I believed so deeply that I could fly. And kids are the same with God's presence and his truth. Like when they believe, when they are told you can experience God's presence, you can know his truth, they will pursue that. We don't have to, convergence, we do not teach children how to experience God's truth. We empower them and liberate them to do so and then we just watch and learn <laughs> from them. Yeah. So, yeah, like, convergence exists to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and love. And convergence kids exist to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, cities are not transformed through fanciful Sunday lessons and pretty nursery rhymes. They are transformed through encountering yeah. Jesus. So that is really the goal of so convergence good. kids. That's so good. Come on. Wow. All right. Next week, church is not in this building. No, I'm just kidding. Wow, that was fire. Wasn't that fire? Yeah, can we just bless our family ministries team, Abigail and Jason and Kim? Um, I want to invite my dad, Steve Fish, up. And go ahead and invite, yes, Justin and Seth up as well. Uh, first, before, so before we dive into you guys, um, I want us to just briefly discuss. So for those that have been coming to Convergence, you have probably heard us mention microchurch, yes? Yeah. Has anybody heard us mention that? Okay. Um, we are so thankful for our microchurch pastors. If you're a microchurch pastor, can you just stand real quick and let's just honor them? Can we just honor them? 
Yeah, we're so, so, so thankful for you guys. Just look around the room. And uh, we did, we want to announce, so I'm going to let you do this announcement. Actually, where, oh, you guys have that mic. That's fine. Um, as we came into the year, uh, as we've been praying about next year, we really have felt the Lord just place this thing inside of us about what deeper discipleship looks like at Convergence. Uh, specifically belonging, encounter, and discipleship. And um, something that I really feel passionate about is that we encounter Jesus not just on the mountaintop, right? Exodus 19, when God descended on the mountain. That's important. I love mountaintop encounters, but we encounter God to an even greater measure, I think, when we take that mountaintop encounter and we bring it to the table. It's not just about a mountaintop encounter. It's about the fact that community, discipleship, belonging, and life happens around a table. Wesley talked about that uh, a, a few months back, about the mountain and the table. And so we just really feel like there's, there's something really important for us to mine out there as Convergence. And I would love for you to just speak briefly about that. All right, I can do it. So the early church met in the temple, and they met from house to house. And we love what happens in this room, but something happens when you gather in someone's living room. There's a dimension that takes place of relationship and, and fellowship and accountability. And so five years ago, we began microchurches, and it was based out of Acts 2.42, breaking bread together, fellowship, prayer. And uh, that has, has been amazing what God is doing. And it's going to continue. And as we begin to pray into this year, we sensed a change was coming like, we're like, what is it? And we were like, okay, well, we, we do feel like there's going to be an increase of discipleship. And we kept just hearing this theme about the table, the table and people gathering around tables. And then Heidi Baker came and she stood up here on that Saturday night. How many of you were here? And she said, I see tables. I see lots of round tables. And, you know, and she started prophesying and, and we were like, you know, and she's, I see people coming and gathering. I see food, and I see, I, it was like she was describing our microchurches. And she said homes. And uh, so that pushed us over the edge. And, and we feel like we're going we're gonna, to, this year, coming as we come into 2023, we're changing the name of our microchurches to table groups. Because there's something about the table in this season. And if you're in a microchurch, don't worry, your microchurch, you didn't just lose it. Um, it, it, it's still there, um, but as we come into 2023, we're going to call them table groups, and we're going to be giving you some more information about this, but God, there's something God is doing. There's all of this even talk right now about a, a table revival even, and, and just even a greater emphasis on our having communion, which is one of the key elements that we do in our microchurches, so more on that to come. Yeah, so more on that, but that... That's a really big deal here at Convergence. And so as we, as we look at, like, as we make that shift and everything, there's also going to be a fresh encouragement to be in a table group. Because, again, corporate encounters are great. I love Sunday mornings, but it's the temple and it's house to house. So true to see us walk in the fullness that we're called to as Convergence and as individuals we need, to, we need to meet in the smaller groups. We need to gather around tables, share your encounter, share your story, worship together, pray together, take communion together. 
and read the word together. And, and life happens around that table. So there's going to be an encouragement for you to join that. Cool? All right. I also just want to quickly honor Jason and Kim for stewarding our microchurches. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. Buckle your seatbelts. We're going to have to run really quickly. So in two minutes less than you were going to, um, <laughs> uh, Seth, could you, could you briefly tell us how many of you have been to a house of prayer session? There's not, okay, awesome. That's amazing. Well, if you don't know, we have house of prayer on Thursdays. We do it um, from nine, really all the way to four. So we have two corporate sets. We have a nine to 11 set. We have an 11 to one. Those sets we live stream. But we also have incredible devotional sets. Like I walked in here one time and Kelly Diane was up here. Kelly Diane Dill, which we're so thankful for, for her and Walt and just what they, who they are here at Convergence. But I walked in here and she was declaring who Convergence was over the mic. Like she was just up here. This is a 3 to 4 p.m. set. Nobody, no, like nobody else was in here and she is declaring something and the atmosphere is being shifted because there are people on Thursday in the middle of the day that are pouring into this place in prayer. Oh, I'm so thankful for everybody that's been involved in that. Randy, Virginia, Sherry, uh, Christy, yes, everybody that is involved in our devotional sets and in our house of prayer sets, we're really, really thankful for you. So, all right, Seth, what are we doing in 2023 in house of prayer? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm 30 seconds for real. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, this, it's the same vision. We encounter Jesus in, in transformed cities with his power and love. Um, we're in a house of prayer set. We're exalting Jesus. We're ministering to him. Um, and we're partnering with him in prayer and intercession for the, his bride and the lost. Um, and, and so we're doing, we're doing the same thing. We're not shifting it up. We're still, we're just worshiping and praying yeah. um, to Jesus. So, um, but we are in 2023, late January, we're probably going to, are we, are we good with I, I think you should take probably oh, out. We are going to um, do auditions for House of Prayer. So that'll be yeah. in late January. Um, so if you are wanting to join with us, we'd love for you guys to um, audition. You can email me um, at sethchurch at convergencechurch.com. Um, yeah, and we'll just get a head count. So yeah, stay so tuned for that. Yeah, so listen, House of Prayer, um, I, I, we don't talk about this enough here, but Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. The focus, like prayer is not a side, house of prayer is not a side thing that we just throw in that's extra. Sometimes it's looked at, it's like, oh yeah, you guys have kind of an extra prayer meeting that people go to. And unfortunately, typically that has also not been men, it's been women, which I love. But I think the Lord is raising up a prayer army that's all of the generations. We have kids that come to house of prayer at, at, at our nine o'clock set. And they run around over here and they draw things and it's amazing. Because all of us are called to prayer, raising up a house of prayer. That is who we are as a house. It is not side vision. It is core vision. And so I want to encourage you, if you're interested in being a part of that, email Seth. But also, if you can come, come during your lunch break. Work, work in here, in the back of the sanctuary. 
and just soak in the presence of the Lord as we worship and as we pray and as we do these two-hour sets where we don't know what we're doing except we're just following him. So let's, I just want to encourage you to jump into that. All right, Jesus Nights. So you can go ahead and give the mic to Justin. That'd be all if you want. Um, hey, I want Justin really quick just to share about Jesus Nights. We started Jesus Nights. Um, we had this uh, awesome gathering that we did with uh, Risen Nation Church. How many were there? We just blessed them, loved them, William and Emily Hinn, and just everything that, that they're stewarding. But we had this joint gathering where we just had something happen that, to be honest, as a pastor, I have rarely seen. Rarely. And that is two churches willing to throw their whole weight behind something, invite their entire congregations to come together for a gathering. That's groundbreaking. It doesn't happen. And we did that, and then the Lord started breaking out. And it was like we couldn't stop it. And so we kept having these Jesus nights, and we did them over and over again. I think from July all the way through October 21st, I think we only missed two weeks. We had another additional gathering every week, and we had people from the region coming. I had a lady from Arlington come up to me at the end of one of these Jesus nights. She looked me dead in the eyes, and she said, Andrew, you know you can't stop doing this, right? I was like, no, I don't know that. And then she proceeded to tell me that her daughter lives in New York. And she was like, you need to come to New York. How awesome would it be if we took Jesus nights to New York? I don't think that's, I don't know if that's a prophetic word or not. Let's lean into that a little more. But hey, Justin, quickly, like what, what are we doing in 2023 for Jesus nights? And how have you seen Jesus nights impact even just worship at Convergence? Yeah. Uh, Jesus Nights was never something I wanted to do. I was told to. Andrew said, hey, you need to get a team together every week from now until the end of eternity. And we're not going to tell you when we're going to stop. And we're not going to tell you what day it is. (laughs) It's true. Sometimes Um, it was the day before that we rolled the date out. How many knew that? That is not completely true. I did want to do them. It was not forceful. It was wonderful. We were all in one accord. But um, I just want to really like call out the worship team for that. Worship and production teams. You guys, you guys were, I mean, you guys made Jesus nights happen, right? Like we could have, we could have sat in here and, you know, the Lord would have come. It would have looked different. But like the sacrifice of another day, right? Many of you who are already involved in Sunday worship and house of prayer, then saying, yes, I'll come on a Thursday night or I'll come on a what was the first? I don't know. We did like we did, we did every Wednesday, night of the week. We did Thursday. We, we did, did Friday. And, and it was like, we hey, can you come tomorrow? You know, can you come tomorrow? And they're like, uh, yes. In fact, we began by, and I'm just, this is just to talk about the heart of our teams and our church. Um, we began by, I didn't want this to be like a scheduling thing where like Justin tells you, hey, I need you here. So come, you know, I didn't want to pressure anybody. I wanted it to be like, hey, we're jump throwing our hats in we're jumping in with you know what um what we want to do as a leadership team so let's see who wants to do on the worship team and so i just put a text out to our worship whatsapp group and i was like hey this is what we're doing this is our heart who wants to come and that was i think i don't remember if it was the first or second one that we just kind of made that open call 
And we, I, I probably had like 15 people were like, yeah, yeah, I want to come. Like, can it be me? And I made it an agreement. I was like, I will use every single person that says yes. So we had, a, you had like extra BGVs. We had, and choir. we had like a little mini choir and like two yeah. keys and like just this overflowing stage of people. Um, and I'm just so honored to, you know, to be a part of a worship ministry like that. To jump in and make that sacrifice. That was our heart behind Jesus Nights yeah. was was that, you know, I think a lot of my heart behind it came from what William said when William, uh, William Hinn was here with that Risen Nation, Risen Nation night. Um, he talked about how they, how David, how they moved the, the presence of God, how they moved the ark, right? And um, that struck me. It struck me how they were like, yeah, we just put it on a wagon and we take it to where it needs to go. And then that didn't work well. <laughs> And so it was that six steps and a sacrifice, six steps and a sacrifice. And that the sacrifice, like the journey and the sacrifice was just as much a part as the destination. But that was the way that we were to move through this. I think we demonstrated that with Jesus Nights this year. And the Lord showed up in a powerful, mighty way. It's impacted our teams. Um, It's impacted the way that we do worship on Sundays. Um, It's impacted House of Prayer in a great way. Um, but yeah, you know, more, more so the, just the gathering together and the extra time spent together. It wasn't just extra time spent together as a team, which can really improve upon what we do as a worship team. It was time spent just sacrificing for the Lord and just gathering around his presence, right? So it's like we could go sit in some other room and talk music and it wouldn't have made any impact on our worship on Sunday mornings, Right? Or we could sit in here in silence and not make a sound, and it can, y'all don't know what I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) Um, what we're doing in 2023, uh, we're going to be doing Jesus Nights on the third, right? The third? The second. Oh, second. I couldn't remember if it, I think you told me third last night. You read it? There it is. Hey. Boom. Teleprompter. Second Friday of every month beginning in January, right? Who's excited? Who's going to come? You guys yep. ready? Right? The vision has not changed. Right? We're coming. We are gathering. And we're seeing what the Lord is going to do. We have no agenda. We have no plan aside from allowing Jesus to be Jesus and to show up in the fullness of his glory. You guys ready for that? Yeah. And, and we, we love, too, that these, these gatherings are, re, are very regional. So again, encounter Jesus and transform cities. As we do these, I the last one that we did, I looked around the room and I almost recognized nobody. Yeah. And I loved it. We have people from all different churches, all different cities that are driving here on a Friday night or a Thursday night. This is going to be Friday. And they're coming because we are stewarding something here that's very special and that is we are jumping in and we just worship for an hour and a half sometimes that's all we do and the way that it has impacted our worship culture like I've seen our worship leaders just the way that they're able to jump in we are not trying to get anywhere we're just jumping in and going and I love that so Jesus nights come January 13th 7 p.m. We're going to be doing this every second Friday. It's going to be amazing, and I'm really excited about it. And now, let's talk about worship in the city. So I'm going to let my dad talk about worship in the city. How many have been to worship in the city? 
Okay, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm going to pass this mic to you after I'm done. But would you just tell us what we are doing in Worship in the City in 2023? All right, good. Worship in the City exists to bring our city into an encounter with Jesus. If we're going to see transformation in the city, we've got to take the encounter out of this room into the city. We started in 2020. Uh, we saw one time we even had 7,000 people out in Trinity Park. Um, it's been amazing. This year, we started out in the water gardens, and we said, hey, this is not Hell's Half Acre. Um, this is a fortress of worth in Jesus' name, and we just declared a renaming. Then we went out to Main Street, where the JFK Memorial was, and uh, we declared that he had spoken something about Fort Worth being, being a city where there's no faint-hearted people, and we said, hey, he didn't know it, but he was prophesying, and we agree with that. There's no faint-hearted people. This is a city of boldness. And so in 2023, we have scheduled two worship in the cities now, uh, March 31st and September 9. And I want you to pray with me. We're still looking at the locations. Um, I went up this last week. I was like, I, I see on the map there's like this pavilion that comes down. I found out it was Panther Island Pavilion. Um, and I would love to meet there, but that requires 4,000 people. Uh, so we may have to build to that one a little bit. Um, but we're looking also, a place I want to get in this year is uh, Sundance Square. I feel like we need to go there. And uh, so I want you to pray that we have favor because Sundance Square does not typically allow anything religious uh, to take place there. Uh, but I believe God's going to open the door for us before the end of the year. So I'm hoping that our September one can be in Sundance Square. Another thing that's in our heart is we have people coming from regions around the area saying like, hey, will you bring this to Weatherford? And I feel like we're going to go on, you know, we may go out to some of the other regions and see churches brought together from those regions in unity yes, to encounter God. So it's going to be a great year. Yeah, so really like part of the vision of this and I just want to mention this because it's really important, and that is that we had six to eight churches join with us for the last one, worship in the city that we did. Like really partnering, joining, <laughs> giving money to it, joining, like not just coming. Like investing, yeah. like their people volunteering with us, like their worship team worshiping with us. Like it was a joint effort. And again, something, there is a call on this house. If you're in here and you're a guest or you're in here and you're a member, you're joining into this right now. There is a call on this house to bring unity amongst cross-denominational, amongst churches in the DFW Metroplex. And the Lord is doing it. He's doing it. Like unprecedented. He's bringing unity. And so as we do this, we are unifying and coming together. We've seen salvations. We've seen healings. We had like 60 people baptized one time when we did this in the park, in Trinity Park. We've had people laying um, like drugs on the altar. We've seen the Lord move in wild ways because we are investing in the city. It's huge. And yeah, we get, I, I had someone come up to me last time and they were like, hey, you need to take this to Weatherford. What if we took it to Parker County? What if we took it to Plano? What if we took it to, what if we apostolically went and we saw cities transformed even outside and we started fires in other cities? How cool would that be? All right, I got to move. All right, hey, thank you guys. 
Is there something you want to mention I would real love quick? To. Just Can real, I? just brief. Oh, I, I, brief yep. and amazing. You've said Please. it. Um, hey, listen. Um, we haven't said our mission statement in about what, like, thirty-three seconds. So let's say it again. Uh, well, okay. Wow, this fell apart. I don't know what I'm doing. Convergence exists to encounter Jesus and transform cities with his power and love, right? This is how we transform cities, right? Worship in the city is, yeah, I know it's 1213, Seth. Get out of my brain. Um, this is how we transform cities, guys. Like, I, I just, this is not just another opportunity to sing songs. This is not an opportunity for us to go out and love on people. That's great, right? This is an opportunity to transform cities, and I really want us to think about that as we move toward these dates of worship in the city. Like, we literally felt, there were reports of, at worship in the city, and we went to prayer, to pray over the area before Wanda specifically, that felt the ground shake beneath our feet. Physically shake beneath our feet. Not like, oh, I saw the ground shake. Like, I felt the ground shake. Things were shaken. Yeah. Right? on March or October 1st, things yeah. were shaken and things yeah. are going to continue to be shaken until the only thing standing left is the thing that cannot be shaken in our city, right? So pray, pray that everything that can be shaken will be shaken yeah. and that we are worshiping in Sundance Square in yeah, 2023 because that's on. a testimony. If you have any connections, email us. That, that's amazing. All right. Hey, thank you guys. Can we just honor them as they, yeah, as they go? And then I want to invite uh, my wife, Emily, and Nikki Kamali up. And um, we are going to talk about prophetic. Yeah. And so I'm really excited. I'm going to pass the mic to Emily, and we're going to run. If you need to go grab your kids really quickly, go, go grab your kids. No, no, don't go grab your kids. I'm getting a big no. Okay, keep going. All right, okay. Emily. Okay, this is one of my, oh. So, yes, go get your children, bring them in here. We're going to talk about prophetic. Prophetic is family. Let's do this. Okay, um, what did the Lord do this year, Nikki, in the prophetic ministry? Yeah, we really, obviously, we're a prophetic house. We have a huge prophetic inheritance. Uh, we believe, I can literally blaze through this in just a few minutes to wrap us up if you'd like me to. I love you. Okay, great. Go for it. So we have a huge prophetic inheritance, but we believe that when we've been given something, it's not just to spend it, it's to invest it. And so this year we began investing in the inheritance of the prophetic here by relaunching monthly prophetic trainings. But there's more. We know that we are currently in a prophetic reformation. What does that mean? That means that we take the voice of God as he's done throughout scripture, throughout history. A burning bush moment was the moment that defined Moses' life and it delivered a nation. And it's time to reawaken in the church your burning bush moments for your destiny, your identity to begin to engage in the reformation of your lives, your families, your ministries, your businesses, and the city. It's all connected with the voice of God. So because because of that, in 2023, we're no longer going to be calling it prophetic ministry training. We are the prophetic reformers, and we're doing prophetic reformers training. Yeah, it's. It, do we have that slide? That's our intensive. That's the training. We'll continue to do monthly trainings starting back in January, just as we have done all year this year. It's going to be on the third Wednesday of the month 
again, as always, if you came faithfully all last year, every single Wednesday, do not fear. There will be new content given to you to equip you to be a prophetic reformer in your life. Not only will you be equipped in how to confidently hear, receive, and know the voice of God, but how to activate that in your life, your family, your business, all the places to see, to see his voice change. It is it is the core value of scripture. It's his voice, right? It's the core value of this house. Um, I'm a, also a certified prophetic trainer with Prophetic Company Global, so we, I want to briefly honor them. Prophetic Company Global will be using much of their content that I'm trained to use in order to see the equipping of all you, all y'alls and everyone around this region. We do this family style, as we've said from the beginning here, all generations. We don't believe in dividing this out. We believe that we're not just going to give lip service that children and youth can hear, the, can hear the Lord. We're actually going to activate them. So we'll continue to train our children's teams, our youth teams, and our adult teams. All generations, all nations, everywhere, all the time. The next big thing that's going to be happening is in January is going to be a new mystics group. That's a really unique word. It's a historical word, and I'm going really fast so we can wrap it up here. But it's connected with the historical word of mystics throughout the church history that had wild encounters with the spirit realm, heavenly encounters. And that word is also connected with the word mystery, mysterio in the Bible. And what do we mean by that? We mean that it's time for the church to take back the territory of this mysterious spirit realm. I've had enough of media, of TV, of all this stuff that's been attracting witchcraft and dark magic stuff in the world today. It doesn't belong to the devil. The spirit realm belongs to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we as a church are taking an active step in our region to say there is a place to understand biblically what these spiritual encounters are that are in the Bible, and the context behind that. But then not only that, but to see heaven invade earth. How do you take that heavenly experience and now invade and, yes, reform the world around you? It, that's always the Father's heart, right? Heaven on earth. So the Mystics group's going to launch in January with Misty Hansen teaching that group. She, yes. She's not here today. She is sick. Lord Jesus, heal heal Misty, but she's got a strong teaching grace, a teaching gifting, and so there'll be biblical context. This is an email address. If you are interested, please email her, and she will get back in touch with you, and you come to this group. It starts on January 12th. It's going to be on a Thursday night here, and you're going to get biblical context, understanding, and what's happening with you spiritually, and then practically how to transform the world around you. You want to do the next thing? Emily's up here uh, because Emily and Andrew have done tons. We have been working on this for months and months, guys. Thank you all so much. Prophetic Reformers Intensive. This is our first big event, February 24th and 25th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day. Guys, this is huge. What is this going to be about? This is going to be identity, destiny, times, and seasons. See, Jesus didn't just come to, to save things. He was the Lamb of God. Right? It was prophesied. He was the Lamb of God 
that would take away the sins of the world, right? He knew his identity. He knew he was the Lamb of God. He knew his destiny. He knew that because he was the Lamb of God, he would take away the sins of the world. And the third, he knew his times and seasons. It's why he wasn't worried about being killed. He knew there was an appointed time where he would manifest being the Lamb of God. And he wasn't worried about that because he knew his times and seasons. Well, it's time for you as the sons and daughters to know your identity, to know who you are. That is the key ingredient that Jesus knew all the time. He knew he was the son of God. He knew he was the lamb of God. He knew who he was. He knew the assignment attached to who he was. He knew his times and seasons, and it's the same for you. On this two-day event, we're going to delve into who are you? What is your identity? What is the destiny, the assignment attached to your unique identity that God created you to be. And not only that, but what are the times and seasons for that to manifest? You're going to see such revelation is a jam-packed time, 10 to 5, February 24th to 25th. We already have a QR code, a landing page for you to go and go ahead and get registered. We have an early bird registration um, of just $48. Guys, we have, we're packing in a lot in two days at a very low cost because we want to see all the sons and daughters all sons and daughters equipped in this. Um, so just $48, that's just $24 a day if you register by mid-January. So mark that on your calendars. I think it's going to be a defining moment for us as a church, as a region, and I believe people from all over the nation are going to come to that. Oh, yeah. So good. There's one more thing. Go for it. There's one more thing. And then we're going to do it again in June, but this time it's going to be a family-style identity, destiny, times and seasons, where we're going to dive into who you are and your destiny, times and your identity, destiny, times and seasons as a family or even as a ministry. I forgot to say on the prophetic intensive, Dan McCollum and Bethany Hicks are coming to teach that with me. And so it's, that, is a, that is a big deal. Yeah, it is. There's one more, and that's it. And as if that's not enough, in March, after the Identity Destiny Times and Season Intensive, I will launch an online training for parents who want to parent prophetic reformers, how you can be trainers. And this is for spiritual parents. If you're a leader and you don't even have biological kids, it's for you too. But how can you effectively raise up these prophetic reformers? Let's do it together. Cool. Wow. Everybody take a deep breath. That was amazing. It's, it's not easy to do these Vision Sundays because our staff is so on fire that if I, I just know, like, every single one of them could have preached this morning. It's amazing. So, hey, prophetic is, is a huge deal at Convergence. We believe that all can prophesy. It's not just a side thing. If you want more context on that, read 1 Corinthians 14, read, uh, just read all of that passage. But I just encourage you, be at this intensive, the, the trainings that we're doing. The Lord is moving and he's calling us to raise up prophetic reformers. We're, we're bringing reformation. We're pioneering at convergence in the area of the prophetic. And it's a huge deal. Because a lot of people are afraid of it. They're like, I don't know what that is. Or they've been jaded by it. We need a reformation. Let's pioneer that. Amen. All right. Well, hey, um, can we stand? We're just, we're gonna, we're just gonna pray on out of here. Um, I also just briefly want to mention and just honor uh, Dwight, who's been leading our neighborhood gatherings. 
so we have we had a a, a beginning summer kickoff neighborhood party right back here at Greenbrier, and we did an end of summer as well, and we just saw the Lord do some amazing things. I want him to share some time about that, but just so thankful for Dwight. That's really in his heart is to see us impact the neighborhood. We're here for a reason, and actually there's a lot of even in this neighborhood, there's a heavy Hispanic population, and the Lord is asking us as a church to lean deeper into that, and so actually we're doing a few things. We're going to be purchasing some translation equipment so that we can actually have the messages actually while we're preaching them here on a Sunday translated into Spanish. Is that exciting? That's exciting to me. That's amazing. Yeah, and then we're going to be starting a, a group as well with the intention of if this thing grows bigger, who knows what's going to happen. Maybe there's a convergence Espanol service that the Lord might be starting to stir. Just want to seed that. Um, all right, Lord. <laughs> Uh, bless this vision. We give it to you. And I just want you really quickly just to put your hand on your heart because one of the things that's really important when we announce vision is it can sound really like this is Convergence's vision, but you are Convergence. And so any vision for the corporate house is also vision for your house. It's vision for your house. And so there's actually going to be you're going to build boldly in your personal house this next year. And so, Lord, we just thank you that we as a house and as individuals, as families, Lord, we are building boldly. We are doing it courageously. We're stepping into greater risk, into, into the strengthening of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to walk in the fear of the Lord. And so we just thank you. We give this vision to you. This is your house. This is your vision. We are your people. You are the head of the church. And so we step in and we look at this vision and we give it to you. And we just thank you for what you're going to do in 2023. We thank you for how we're going to end the year in 2022. And we just say yes to all that you have. If that's in your heart, just say yes. 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 